It is Sunday, July 7th, 2019. Welcome to episode 215 of the Redacted Podcast. I'm joined today by the few himself, as he goes by Hello. on Twitter. Hello. <laughs> Hello. And it is uh, the few's first time here on the podcast, so let's all be nice. Um, the few, why don't you, for, the, for those people who maybe not know you, uh, that are listening to this podcast or watching it, uh, why don't you explain who you are, what it is you do, and uh, where people can find you? All right. I mean, first and foremost, I'm a big fan of Star Citizen. I've been following it, backing it since 2012. <clears throat> um, a couple years ago, I got really involved in the Twitch world uh, and the community um, and started streaming it. So I'm, uh, I stream fairly regularly, uh, evenings mostly, uh, weeknights Pacific Time USA. So if you're in Europe, you probably don't see me that much. Uh, and then I stream uh, on Saturdays, usually in the morning, uh, right in on. the Pacific time on the U.S. So if you're in Europe, you might see me on Saturday mornings. So. And people can find you at twitch.tv slash the few mm -hmm. or uh, obviously on Twitter uh, as the few himself. And on YouTube, I don't post a lot right now, but I have a couple videos um, as the few channel. Not exactly consistent. <laughs> Not really a consistent across the board there. Yeah, that's okay. No. That's okay. And have you been playing anything other than uh, Star Citizen lately? Not entirely. I mean, I, I've been dabbling with Satisfactory a little bit. Um, there's a couple games on my radar that I, I want to kind of jump into. Most of them are a little bit older that I've just never played, but uh, potentially uh, Subnautica. I know that's like been there and back again. Right. <laughs> as far as like the community's already played through it, but I've never touched it in my entire life, and I'm kind of interested in that game. But we'll see. Right on. Uh, you guys all know who I am. I'm going to spare you all the whatever. Uh, Evocati, we currently do not have one now. It has moved over to PTU. I believe it is in wave. Is it in wave two now? Are you sure? No, or is it still wave one? They said, they said wave two soon, TM. I don't yeah, think it's actually I think it, it might still yet. be in wave one. Uh, we are in three, six. However, the last patch has been rolled back due to instability. And I think... I'm not sure if this has happened maybe once before uh, during PTU, but it's not something that happens a whole lot. Uh, I don't remember <laughs> a time when they rolled it back. And this is, I think, them being very generous to the community because usually they're like, this is PTU, we're rolling it out, you're going to deal with it, we're testing kind of a thing. Right. But I think they took pity on the community for a long weekend and they were like, you know what, we'll, we'll roll it back. I don't know. I've never... I think I understand it. why they... Uh, for, now, I didn't get a chance to play this most latest build. Um, but yeah. my understanding is that it was crashing like every five minutes. And yeah, I I, I played it. it I remember builds like that, and I do not miss them. Um, but uh, yeah, so so hearing that they're gonna roll that back and put it on a more stable thing, they have an idea of what's causing it. So hopefully they can get that uh, figured out and everything. Yeah, and and some people in chat are saying yes, it's it has been rolled back at least once. Okay, it's a prior. Um, it's not, but it's not something that's common. Which is why it's like, okay, I gotta rack my brain for that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. um, live is still on three five one. Obviously, with three six, we haven't been, we haven't received everything that is on the roadmap yet. Even the things that say that they're polishing, um, I am curious to see when those things are gonna start to roll in. Uh, mm -hmm. I do want to mention that this week there was no inside star season, and there will not be for another couple weeks. Um, this is something that they've been doing more recently. Uh, this is after them changing to the the inside star season and the much smaller around the verse before this. 
uh, of the nine to, to 15 minute episodes. And basically when a new, uh, new quarter comes and there's a new build, they take three, about three weeks off, two to three weeks off of inside star citizen, uh, because of game development reasons, which are perfectly valid. Um, but I'm, I'm, I know that they're sort of, I don't know if they're struggling for subscribers or not. I know they lost my subscription a while ago. Um, and that was because the content wasn't being made for backers who follow the project is made for people who are new to the project, uh, which I found kind of, uh, interesting being as it's not new people who are funding those shows. Um, so my suggestion to CIG, if there's anybody out there in the ether that listens to this, uh, is that maybe these episodes should be about squadron 42 people who are not working on, uh, star citizen. Uh, and maybe some little, little technical achievements and things like that. You know, they're, right. it's not like they're showing a whole lot in the inside star seasons anymore, any, any ways, um, or the subscription program and what's going on with that and getting ideas and feedback or just filling it in with something. Um, right. I, I agree. I think that there's a lot of people who are subscribed and I know that the part of the, the motivation for that is to play wave one, uh, PTUs and stuff like that. Right. But I mean, again, the original intent of subscription was to pay for video content. At least I think that was what's communicated. That is the that um, is the whole reason that they have subscriptions right. in the first place. Yes. Right. Exactly. And so, I mean, I don't mind if they're shifting away from that. It's just like let's communicate that. Like, say, hey, you know, this is why you're subscribing going forward for these things and not for that thing, right? Um, right. But there are enough subscribers out there to pay for a significant amount of video content. Even if you don't want to interrupt the developers per se, which I can understand why you might not want to because you're trying to develop a game, there's still other types of content. Even if it right. wouldn't be as like deep divey, right? If, even if it wouldn't show us cool new images and talk about gameplay, there's still like this idea of like, hey, we're generating video content. You're hanging out with us. Let's just, I don't know, chat or whatever. Yeah. There's, there's, they, they made videos, I think, about puppies running around or something a while ago, didn't they? I, mean, right? I don't know. <laughs> I, I just think that like either they need to do more videos like that or just say that, look, you know, the subscriptions aren't primarily there to pay for videos and let's move on to something different. Right. My argument the entire time is subscriptions or not, they'd be making these videos as this is the only advertising and marketing they have. So whether they were making the subscriptions or not, I still think they'd be making those videos is my argument. Mm -hmm. um, the Because I think they see that as a obvious, it's a huge benefit, right? And... Mm -hmm. When they have things like the the subscription, I know they said that they they want to redo the perks and all this other stuff, but that was I don't know how many months ago now, and we haven't heard anything since then. Uh, I think since the first episode of Inside Star Citizen, uh, they did that. We haven't heard yeah. anything uh, going forward from there, and you know it it's been things like pieces of armor and stuff like that, and. And just things that are not very in, feel very inspired or or uh, thought put into it, um, mm -hmm. which is one of the reasons. A, I don't care for that shit, so I don't I don't want it. I'm not supporting the show. And if it's really development, and this is the reason why the shows are so short and everything else. And and I apologize because everybody on the podcast has heard me say this a billion times, but I just put the that I instead I'll do a ten dollar gift card giveaway and put that ten or twenty dollars into the development itself instead of the subscription. No, absolutely. And I wonder, and I mean, again, this is me. I mean, you have to have a little bit of faith in them and where they're spending the money, et cetera. Mm -hmm. But like, if you look at their crowdfunding timeline thing that they like offer us, it never really drops below $30,000 in a given day. 
Right. And I'm wondering if that's where the baseline of like, if they're not selling ships, is that, are they getting $30,000 of subscription revenue a day? Right. And if right. that's the case, like, that's a significant amount of their total revenue. I right? don't, so from my understanding, of, that revenue tracker does not track subscriptions. Oh, it's not at all. At all? Not at all. Okay. All right. Well, then I have no idea. Yeah. There, I, from my understanding, we don't have any idea of how much they make in from subscriptions period. So it's not, you can't tell whether they're going, uh, it's going up, it's going down, or if it's staying the same or whatever. Mm -hmm. There's no way of tracking that because that's not directly related to the game. That's something that they consider separate because that money doesn't go into game development. Okay. Yeah. Is I mean, my it's understanding. Just like, it's weird because you always see the graph like never broach below a certain threshold, which is usually around 30,000. Right. So I just assumed that was subscription revenue because it's kind of this baseline, right? But yeah, I could be wrong. Yeah. So that is uh, a thing, obviously. So no episode for Inside Star Season uh, this week. I want to remind everybody that if you have any questions for myself or the few, you can give us a shout at 1 872 4242. That is a toll-free number where you'll hear my lovely voice asking you to leave your name and question, and we'll get back to those at the end of the podcast. If you don't feel like calling in, um, you can type a question in, exclamation point question in chat. Um, or if you're watching this on YouTube, there's a link right down below the, the, the stream there or the video, and you can click on that. And even if uh, you're catching this after the podcast is aired, you can get those questions in, and we can uh, get into them for next week. So uh, we have a couple in there already, but feel free to get a whole bunch of questions in there for both myself and the few today. Uh, so they did have a Star Citizen Live that was quite interesting. Um, they talked about a few things. The first one is orbital bombardment, um, which was something that a lot of people were like, okay, I'm not really sure if this is going to be a thing or if it's going to be a thing or whatever. So they did confirm that this is something that they want to plan for the future. That, well, I I had watched the video twice as well, mm -hmm. and they didn't exactly say they want to plan it for the future, I thought. I took away that they said that certain bigger ships are going to have further range, whether that results in orbital bombardment or not. Right. Still TBD. Well, I think I think this is, there's also a confusion on what orbital bombardment maybe is as well from, mm -hmm. from outside of atmosphere or inside of atmosphere. When I think of it, I think of, of just inside of atmosphere as well. Um, I'm not thinking okay. of outside of um, atmosphere, but I also think that there's a couple ways that they can do this where it can balance it out, where it doesn't feel like you just got hit by nothing, by something out of the, out of the blue and you had no idea that it was coming or you had no defense to it. Um, I think that if they, and I talked about this on my stream the other day, mm -hmm. if they had something like some sort of uh, little gadget that a player had to set up on the ground for them to target, and that would be the only way for you to hit a specific target, right? Um, sure. I think that that is something that could work. And you could put a timer on it. You can make it loud. You could make it obnoxious, yeah. whatever. And then so everybody in the area knows that that's there. And you can either disable it or get out of there. Well, I mean, so my perspective, I agree. There's lots of ways to balance it if they do choose to move forward with that. Mm -hmm. I think that, like, the main difference between like what I would call orbital bombard bombardment and like long distance inside atmospheric bombardment is mm -hmm. really just the fact that in one scenario, the ship has to like support itself and hover. Right. Right. So capital ships may be less accustomed to. Oh, your audio just died. Your audio just died completely. He can't hear me. He cannot hear me and he's keeping on going. 
give me one second, guys. Technical issues. Technical issues. One second. Um, can you hear me? Oh, did I go away? Yeah, you went really robot-y, and then you just audio stopped. Oh, sorry. Yeah, no. So I moved you out and moved you back in, but I'm not sure what that was, if that was an internet issue or if that was an audio issue on your end or what. I have no idea. Let me know if it happens again. Anyways, <laughs> we missed that whole thing. Uh, oh, okay. You said you started off with something about orbital uh, capital ships being able to hover in upper atmosphere. Oh, yeah. And that would be a way to balance it. And then the other thing would be is like ground targets can have theoretically much larger shield generators than capital ships because, right, like they don't have the same weight limitations. So you could theoretically have uh, an entire building that's a shield generator for your, your like ground based or whatever. you Right. Have. I and definitely like, expect that as a thing yeah. coming on uh, either for yeah. both ground bases, for space stations, um, et cetera. I think that those are uh, better ideas than what we have with the... Um, the no f the the what is it the armistice zones i think that that's a better example is having a shield uh thing that that basically shields everything uh enclosed um yeah that's not in range of the turrets right and i think that'd be super balanced because you get that i don't know where they're going for this is entire speculation on my side but you get that balance of you could take in three capital ships and bombard a base for like 10 minutes to try to penetrate the shields or you can send in a ground assault and penetrate the shields on foot, take the shield generator down, and then, you know what I mean, then orbital right. bombard the rest and get out of there faster. So right. I, I don't know. What they're yeah, no, there, there, there's some definite in interesting gameplay that can come along with that. Uh, one of the mm -hmm. other things that they were saying, like you said, it's going to be dependent on ship size, the weapon used, etc., for these specific types of offense. Uh, mm -hmm. Like I said, it's not something that's completely off the table. It's something that they are looking into uh, is what I got from that. Um, so, yeah. Kind of interesting. Yep. Uh, moving forward, we know about ship components and how they are still not complete uh, with components and subcomponents coming in. Uh, but they did talk about the access to these components for ships. And I think this is going to make a lot more sense, especially when we... Uh, uh, right now, um, I don't know about yourself, but I'm not a huge fan of, of ship combat. And my issue with ship combat is um, not only that... Well, there's a whole bunch of things that are wrong with it, right? So mm -hmm. uh, once you're when you have the uh, pips and everything uh, being issues and not actually working as intended, you have uh, well, shields have just finally been been uh, updated to what they sound like, what they initially wanted them to be. Mm -hmm. And then they've also talked about doing things like uh, physicalizing the components, uh, which they need to do to be able to swap them out anyways. But uh, starting with the thrusters where you can start to hit those thrusters on the outside of a ship. To disable those particular yep. thrusters. Now, something that really bothers me is when you hit, say, uh, a sheet metal panel of a ship and it explodes from that, right? Movie explosions. I think uh, when you're looking at all of the different gameplay mechanics that are uh, potential or they want to have in this game, that ruins almost all of them. Um, so when you are just shooting at a ship and it's basically a hit points, thing and then once mm -hmm. it reach, reaches the end of that hit points it explodes yeah. I've never been a huge fan of that I've been uh, uh, someone who is advocating for uh, when you hit a certain component that that component fails or if that component has the potential to explode then sure that that so say like an engine or, or something like mm -hmm. that right um, 
So for me, this is a huge part of that, uh, where single-seater ships, easy to explode because they want the components to be accessed yep. through the exterior panels. So they're easier to get hit by weapons outside. So then it makes sense for your single-seater ship to explode. You don't need to get up and run around and repair or do any multi-crew stuff, whatever. So they can just explode, that's fine. And then with the multi-crew ships, they want their components, and, and the larger ships, uh, I should say, they want their components on the inside, accessible on the inside. That doesn't, that, that A, makes them so they can be disabled, and then mm -hmm. people are either running around on the inside and you can board them, or you can just leave the ship, or you can do whatever. Um, or if you wanted to blow it up, you would have to get on and actually put yourself at a little bit of a risk by going onto that ship and then exploding it from that way. Which I, I really like. I think it adds a lot more gameplay uh, functionality sure. and and sort of fleshes out everything else out. Uh, they mentioned that newer ships are designed with this in mind. But my question is, does this mean that n older ships are going to re require another rework? So I, I don't think I don't think that's their intent. So what John, I think, answered this question, right? Um, crew, I think is his yep. name, right? John Crew? Okay. Um, he had answered basically that he's working with the graphics guys to determine if there's a way. And I didn't understand how to interpret this answer, but it's basically right. like if there was a way to like insert these like panels to like access components without cutting holes in the mesh or I, I don't know exactly what they meant by that, but it's like, sounded like they're trying to find a way to like, that make, uh, to do it without technology. having to do a rework. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's basically the answer. <laughs> and I don't know if they actually have a solution yet. I think the it. other question too is is when they say newer ships are designed with this mind, how new? Is it newer ships from the Gladius and up? Is it newer ships from the Valkyrie and up? Is it newer ships from uh ships that are still in concept? We don't or are they this is just how they're gonna be moving forward. It's one of those things that uh I don't really know what they mean by newer ships. Um, yeah. And I, I don't, I also want to be clear too. I don't think this is a huge rework problem, but it is something that does, does sound like it's going to need to go back to the modeling and, and uh, final art pass for them to put those slots in and that functionality in. Um, Absolutely. Um, I think, I mean, the arrow is one of the more recent fighters. Was there a more recent fighter that's been playable? Uh, so. Was the Hawk before or after the arrow? I think it was before. So yeah, I mean, if the I mean, I don't know if the arrow is not the newest, but the arrow I don't I don't see component access points on the arrow, so I'm assuming if that's the newest fighter, right? Because like the bigger ships have yeah. the component access points in the bigger ships on the inside. The yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's less an issue with the bigger ships and more an issue with the single seaters, I think. Yeah. Uh, well, look at the P52 or the P72. Do they have mm -hmm. component? I haven't. Yeah, I, I don't know. Will they? I'm not because sure. there's no fighters. Do you have to? Like, well, they still need. They still need their engines and coolers and yeah. and all of this I other mean, stuff. Just because they don't have quantum drives doesn't mean that they don't have all these other components. Other components, yeah. No, I, I agree. And then something you said earlier, obviously, and you you know this. Like, I'm not a big fan of the current like space fighting either. Mm -hmm. I think that like it's like it's too much. Like, point your your gun at another ship and hold your trigger down for like five minutes until it explodes, which is not very entertaining or fun. Yeah. But um, but I don't think that like we're not going to be able to judge combat in space for a while. It sounds like they're Yeah, I think it's going to be a while. State. Yeah. It so. is a little bit disappointing to me because it is something that, you know, a lot of people are like, "Oh, hey, when's salvage coming in or when's mining coming in or when's uh obviously mining's in now, but when is X feature coming in?" And mm -hmm. I'm just sitting here by myself thinking like, we don't even have all the components and subcomponents in. We still are yeah. working on the flight model. Uh they don't have the damage stuff 
working in. They talk about ship armor a little bit. We just recently put in uh, shields, how they're supposed uh, uh, phase one of shields of how they're supposed to work. Um, mm -hmm. And yeah, it's like this is something that touches every single ship in the game. And it, a, a lot of it is like, it doesn't really feel very well thought out uh, initially. And it's something that it's like, okay, well, maybe they sh this is something that should have been more. I mean, hindsight's twenty twenty, of course, but it is something that needs to be focused on, especially with the components and things like that. I know, yes, you're going to get issues regardless with the, the ship, uh, the aim pit, yeah. uh, pip, mit, um, jittering around and moving around and stuff like that. I'm less concerned about that and more of like, this stuff that seems super basic and seems to yeah. touch every system in the game. I mean, this and AI are extremely important to Squadron 42 as well. I mean, you're not going to yeah. like build a flight model for Squadron 42 and then completely change it for S Star Citizen. Star Citizen like, right. Yeah, it wouldn't make sense, right? So they got to get this solid at some point. And I know we'll talk about this later, I think, but they don't even have armor, right? Like, right. working the way they want. Yeah, and they armor. actually talk about that here in a second because armor is yeah. not even in the game yet. Um, so that's a whole other damage mitigation thing as well uh when yeah. you bring up the the ai i think ai right now if you were to play star citizen in single player mode without any networking stuff i think they'd be fine mm -hmm. i think yeah. um that in squadron 42 it'd be all right the problem is is more of the networking stuff and that's an issue that mm -hmm. sort of breaks a lot of things in star citizen one of the things i i would like to see and i mentioned this in the last podcast is we have Star Marine and Iranian Commander as test beds. Throw the AI, do an AI wave, Star Marine. So people mm -hmm. can actually see what the AI is like, right? Because if you go into a, a free flight AI, uh, Vandal Swarm or Pirate Swarm, the ships are fine, right? Like fighting yeah. them and stuff is, is not the same as fighting them in the Persistent Universe. And the thing is, we don't have that for on-foot AI. And it kind of blows me away that they haven't, done that right like a yeah. like a sort of wave-based ai or a capture the core against single players especially for people and and i get this a lot too that aren't comfortable playing against other people quite yet because they're not used to first person mm -hmm. shooters they want to get into it but they're worried about people wiping the floor with them yeah. or there's there is some confirmed cheating involved right which is unfortunate Fair but point. is a thing and so they know that if if you knew to go in that the only thing you have to deal with are the bugs and not mm -hmm. uh, skill levels that are well above your what you're used to or, or what you're comfortable mm -hmm. with or people that are potentially cheating or whatever like that. I think that A, it would show that what they are, what things they are progressing on AI. Because if you go into Star Citizen right now and you said, oh, hey, they updated the AI, I think, and, and that's all you have as a baseline, people laugh at it. It's like, what do you mean AI? They float yeah. around and they... they they teleport around and do whatever. Yeah. There, it's there's nothing there. The uh, non-existent AI, but I, I I agree with you. I do think that it's probably less of an AI issue and more of a networking thing. I don't know. I'm not a game developer in this particular case, but I would. I think that's a fair assessment. Mm -hmm. Um, it, it's something that I've noticed from going from a server that's been fresh and new and not very many people on it to one that's having a lot of issues with a lot of other things. And oddly enough, AI seems to work better in the fresh new one than when the server is having a bunch of issues. So I imagine I, I that yeah. that's one of those things that sort of touches everything and breaks mm -hmm. a lot of stuff.
I would love, like, I mean, I don't want them to get too distracted, right, obviously, from the other game development, but, I mean, the idea of doing, like, FPS combat against AI or NPCs or whatever in some sort of marine... What is it? Star Marine? Sorry, I yep. don't play it enough, obviously. Star Marine um, would be extremely fun for me, advantageous for me to learn FPS combat, because one, you don't get exposed to it very much in the verse, and when you do, if you do die, which is very rare because yeah. the NPCs are quite bad, but if you do die then you have to get reset back to a spawn point. It's like you have you have very little FPS combat for how much time you spend in the game. So it's yeah. like you get more iterative like practice in Star Marine, right? That's right. So, That's right. Yeah. Um and when you do get those interactions, it's laggy and has all kinds of other issues because there's so much that the server's tracking as opposed yeah. to in Star Marine where it's just tracking the players that are in there, so it's not too bad. Um moving forward, they talked about hover mode. And one of the things they want to do is like an AR style topographical map uh, for the HUD for landing, which I think would be really nice because right now the only way when you're when you're in hover mode to see underneath you, you need to go into third person. You can't look down because there's nothing. You're looking at your legs. You can't tilt your ship because then you start moving forward. Um, so the they need to have a way to to build that in, so right. you don't have to go into third person and and move around but that does, way does that mean they're going to get rid of third person because i really have a no hard time i don't think so some, okay but that i really have a hard time believing that somebody's going to choose this ar mode over third person unless well the ar the ar mode should <laughs> should be is not necessarily a mode but more of something that shows up on the hud of mm -hmm. uh sort of think of like a wireframe of mm -hmm. there's a line that comes down that shows where your ship is and and a little circle they they do this with elite dangerous it's very straightforward okay. They're landing mode there and you can see the ground and where you need to land and you can see sort of what's in your way or whatever through this little hut. It would just be something on the, on the, uh, on your hut on your ship. It, it would make things a lot easier for landing because you can't sure. see. Um, I think it would make it easier for landing at like, um, hangers, right. And pads for sure. Even, even uh, on rough surfaces. Cause then you could see the surface underneath you. Okay. Yeah. I'd have to yeah. see it. I think definitely has potential. Um, they, they said that they have the hover mode, mode because they didn't want in atmosphere turrets, oh, yeah. uh, which is why it was something they wanted to implement. Uh, the problem is, is that this, you, you know, having to land and all of this other stuff is, is causing some issues. Um, worst case at the moment is they said that they would refer to the previous flight mode with thruster failure after a short period of time instead, um, mm -hmm. as a, as a sort of temporary fix. Um, they also spoke, spoke about making hover mode toggleable. Uh, the yeah. problem with that is that doesn't really achieve if they're accomplish, if, if they're trying to stop turrets being a thing, then having a toggleable hover mode, it doesn't really accomplish that. Uh, right. But so that, but that, that for me, that, that seems like that they're like, okay, I know, I understand why they're trying to like prevent the, the, the turrets. It makes mm -hmm. sense, but that should be just a naturally occurring thing. Like it, it's, I feel like that they're not like building it systemically enough. Like, like right. your maneuvering thrusters should be overworked, right? If right. you're sitting there hovering in the air. But I think that the problem is, is they don't have VTOL thrusters for like a lot of their like fighter ships, right? And so they're using their maneuvering thrusters as hover mode thrusters, right? Right. And so I think because of that, they're, they're almost like faking hover mode on some of these small ships to prevent them from being turrets. And I think that's why they're getting into this like issue of like, because like normally on a big ship, you would just say, well, if you, if you remove your VTOLs, your maneuvering thrusters will be overworked. They'll burn out yeah. and you'll crash. You'll crash. That's fair. Right. But with right? the single seaters, right? that's not the issue because they're so yeah. light. 
Yeah. And so I think that they're trying to like force something to prevent something instead of building it systemically into the, I don't know. Yeah. Um, we'll see what they do, but no, I, I hear what you point. say. All in all, it's, it's going to be a difficult problem for them to solve because of that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Absolutely. they, they also talked about, uh, the ship engine rotation. We see it with the, the things like the, um, the retaliator, the cutlass, etc. cetera. Mm-hmm. Um, but they said freelancer engine rotation is a problem. Because the landing gear is in the nacelles. So if the, the nacelles are rotated, then the landing gear comes out sideways. And that's no good. They can't land with that. Um, so I'm curious to know if that's going to have to require a movement of the landing gear or what they're going to do with that. Because if you remember, even in the Freelancer commercial, they showed the nacelles moving um, for landing. Rework. Yeah. <laughs> rework probably coming in i imagine it's not gonna be a huge thing to for them to do that and move those over but i think that's what's yeah. gonna be doing uh they said the rest of the ships are gonna be looked at on a case-by-case basis see what makes the most sense and then it was also mentioned that no rolling landing is planned for this time for ships with wheels um, yeah i think the main reason for that is partly because rolling landing only makes sense in atmosphere and a lot of the moons you're going to be flying to don't have atmosphere and then like I, you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, like, it just creates a lot of issues with it. Um, I wonder yeah. what the purpose of wheels on ships is then. So if mm-hmm. there's something that they are going to be able to switch into, like a, a, like a way to drive around while it's it's landed or something like that to to sort like to taxi it, I guess the same way that planes taxi into their loading bays or whatever. Oh, I don't I know. Yeah, that'd be interesting. Yeah, if they could drive just for a short distance or something like that. Who knows? Yeah. Or very slowly to move out it of the way. Be, it, would, it would be really cool if you were like on an, like a, a Idris or I don't know what other carrier type ships we have. Obviously a Kraken or something, but those are all on the top. Right. But it's like you're inside of a thing. It's like it's more cumbersome to like fly around and repark yourself than to just like get on wheels yeah. and move yourself around, right? So Now, I don't think um, ships like the Idris, I don't know if the Idris has wheels though. I don't think it does. No, not the interest. I'm talking about like right. inside. You're just in a fighter and you're on. Oh, yes, 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 yes. Like a around. little M50 or Gladius or something. Yeah. Instead yeah. of like having to like fly and maneuver yourself around inside the interest to repark yourself, you know, it'd be easier just to wheel yourself around. But I don't right. Know. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, interesting to hear about that with wheels. Mm-hmm. Obviously, it's more visual than anything else with, with that design choice. Uh, we talked about ship armor a little bit earlier. They said armor is going to provide damage mitigation, meaning it's going to ignore damage until a certain threshold is passed, which is similar to how the shields work. So this in conjunction with shields, um, and they also mentioned the hull as well. So the base hull will also have its own amount of mitigation. Will will be what the, the basic damage mitigation is as a whole. So that means, for example, you're no longer going to be able to, to blow a ship up with a pistol. Right. For example, it, it's just impossible. It needs to reach a certain threshold of incoming damage before uh, anything starts to actually take damage. But I would also hope like, and I think they implied this, but I hope that the armor is like segmented out into like sections, right? So like, and then I hope that like, as you damage the ship through the armor, right? that that specific armor takes damage. And well, we know, we know for right? a fact that things like the thrusters and stuff like that are going to be exposed, right? And right. they're not armored. Um, I know what you're saying. I don't know. The thing is, if you do that, how do you show that? 
Well, I mean, I don't know, but my point is, yeah. is like, if you're like hitting one side of the ship a lot with a certain type of armor, you would expect that armor to slowly dwindle away into like nothing. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. Right. But no, I, I totally get what you're saying. And you should, there should also maybe be potential weak spots in the armor yeah. or, you know, where it connects or, or underneath or whatever. But how do you visualize that? And how do they show that without doing full reworks for all of the ships once True. again? You know, it's, know. it's yeah, one of those things either. that it's like, this should have been in the design from the very beginning. Uh, and it just, it's, it's feels like a lack of foresight. Um, but maybe, maybe they already have that. Maybe that's already built into the, how the hull yeah. looks on the outside. Um, and they have a way to, to visualize that already for a lot of these ships. I'm not sure. I dry, I fly Drake, so we don't get armor or whatever anyways. So, um, yeah, it, it's, uh, yeah, I'm not sure. Yeah, I'm not sure. No, absolutely. I don't know either. I, I just, I just kind of have this vision in my head, but it's probably either already done or not aligned with that. Right. We'll and that's the thing, right? Um, yep. everybody sort of has their own vision of what this game could, should, <laughs> would be. But, uh, at the end of the it's day, it doesn't game. really matter. Yeah. And they're building it for me. Yeah. So. Right. <laughs> I put X amount of dollars in, and this is why they're building it for me. <laughs> yep. Uh, damage over time weapons are still planned, uh, also known as dot weapons. We're going to see these when they first come in with the plasma weapons that we already have on the Vanduul ships. What this means is it'll hit, and it's like a sticky substance, and it basically sticks to the ship. And woo 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 woo. And, uh, oh, sorry. Yeah, no, no. It's nothing you can do about it. Um, and it'll do damage over time. It just means it'll have less initial alpha damage. So the strike damage is going to be less, but the, it'll have damage over time. So for example, if you have a Van Duel and you hit the side of a constellation, but they get away, they're going to continue to take damage up against the side of that constellation and de determining on, on how long that lasts for and how much damage it does. But it'll, it'll continue to weaken that, that stuff. Even if somebody manages to jump out of there, um, right. if that's so even I possible. Understand. I understand what damage over time is, but like, mm -hmm. uh, and I'm just curious, like we don't have to go too deep into it, but what's the strategical like advantage of damage over time versus the types of weapons? I mean, so, I understand the idea. So a damage over time is primarily going to be with plasma weapons only. So, so it, it basically, instead of it sending a projectile or a light beam or something like that, it's think of it like a jelly, right? So the plasma is like a jelly that, or, or like a napalm that sticks to the side of the thing. And while it does damage hitting it, that's not where the majority of the damage comes from. The majority of the damage comes from it sitting there and just corroding its way in. Right, but wouldn't and again we don't have to go too deep. But like, wouldn't you want like just as much upfront damage as well? Or do you think that like the damage? Well, that's where you be, like, having a mixture damage. of weapons is going to be handy. Ah, yeah. Or or yeah. th think about this too. Maybe uh, for like you look at the Vandal weapons now. Obviously, they're yeah. ridiculously strong. Mm -hmm. But if you have uh several Vanduul ships that mm -hmm. only manage to get one or two hits off before they get blown up. Even after they're dead, you're still taking damage is yeah. like a big thing, right? Even if you escape, you're still taking damage. Like, so it's one yeah. of those things that it's like, Oh geez, they really want them to be a lot scarier than yeah. your average, whatever. So if, if they hit you, it's going to be a problem um, regardless. Yeah. 
Do you think it's like, it, I don't know whether how they're going to balance it, but do you think that it's going to just damage you consistently for a really long period of time or it's going to be like a short I don't know how long it's going to, how long the lifespan is. I don't know yeah. if they're going to have anything where you can mitigate that damage even more. Yeah. Um, maybe specific, like I've always liked the idea of having specific shields or specific mm -hmm. armors. So basically saying, oh, hey, I'm going to have an armor for racing or, or shields for racing. And what that means yeah. is two ships, when they come close to each other, will repel each other like magnets. But they're, it's not going to stop any weapons, right? But the, yeah. the benefit of it is you're using it for racing. You're not using it for combat. Or something like this, where you have to choose, okay, I know I'm going to be running into Vanduul. I'm going to use these Vanduul shields or Vanduul uh, defense shields, mm -hmm. which are going to be good against the Vanduul weapons and not let them stick to my hull or it'll wipe it off immediately. But... For other weapons, that does it just makes it less of an issue for them. So if I go up against human targets, there this shield isn't going to do anything for me. Um, yeah, so I can see that. I don't know. There, there's ways that they could do that, uh, which is um, I'd be surprised if they haven't uh, at least talked about doing some things like that. I don't yeah. know if that's what they want to implement. But once again, this goes back to the the basic design of of ships and combat. That still isn't flushed out, and we still don't really know what's going on with it uh, this Absolutely. much further on, which is kind of unfortunate. Um, but yeah, so with Vandal ships, you're going to see less alpha damage, but more damage over time. Um, and they may bring in other manufacturers that do this as well. Um, yeah, and think like acid style stuff. Anything that sort of would stick to it and corrode through it. So pla like plasma weapons, maybe an acid style weapon, maybe a napalm mm -hmm. style weapon. Anything that, that sort of hits yeah. and then stays there and continues to do damage. Yeah. I could see, like, any, like, I don't know. I, I, I could see plasma being something that's, like, anti-armor that, like, melts through armor or whatever, but has a harder time. But it doesn't actually do any damage to the ship. Right. Yeah, or something, yeah. Right. I could see that kind of stuff as well. Um, or something that, can all, that, that sort of uh, only does damage to components and doesn't do any damage to the hull. So it's it's something that does a little bit of damage when it hits, but then it just sort of seeps into the components and wrecks all the mechanisms inside of it. Mm -hmm. So it does yeah. nothing to the hull, but just destroys your components. So it's great for knocking things out in an alternative to EMPs. Um, despawning ground vehicles is currently unintended. We're having or we're despawning ships when you get a ground vehicle is currently unintended. The issue with that is all vehicles are classified as ships at the moment. And mm -hmm. you're only allowed one ship at the, at the time because of the way persistence is working currently and all this other stuff. I don't know anybody who thought that would get, was going to be something that was permanent. Um, yeah. I always I knew that that's, yeah, it should be obvious that that was an issue going uh, from the beginning there. With a prospector, they talked about doing the FPS mining and how the prospector has a little backpack on the back. And that's <laughs> going to be used for FPS mining and, and dropping your stuff off there. Um, so if you didn't know what that little thing was on the back there, now you know. Yeah, I was wondering about that for like years. Like, <laughs> like ever since the prospector came out, I'm like, what is, I thought it was gonna maybe a computer terminal. I, I don't know. So it sounds like most people at CIG didn't know either. So yeah, well, they yeah. they spoke about it being a backpack for storage when doing FPS mining. So now we know. Yep. Uh, under electronic warfare, they talked about EMP missiles are going to be a thing, and not only that, EMP missiles are gonna be a default on some ships. That's, I wonder. <laughs> I like it. Once again, I like the idea of of um, 
disabling ships over destroying ships. Yeah, um, 100%. But I don't think that they make sense until all the component stuff is in first. Yeah, uh, and I'm both, I, I mean, it makes sense, like, to be honest, you you would have that in IRL where you'd have you could you could do like I mean a nuclear weapon technically is an EMP as mm -hmm. well. I mean so the idea of doing EMPs is part of torpedoes, but from an OP perspective, I, I don't know. I don't think it probably will be. There'll be ways to counter them and stuff like that. But I wonder, like I mean, what why would you ever want to use the EMP on your Raven when you have a torpedo you could fire? I, I guess it just right. I mean, one's reusable and one. Well, you also have to remember how close do you have to be to that ship for it to be effective. Yeah and how like right now emps don't work as i think they want like right now they just yeah. knock everything out right uh yeah. there's no there's like a radius of like, however close you need to be to them i think that radius is going to get a lot smaller and the same thing with the mm -hmm. missiles too so if you use an emp missile on a let's say a uh an idris for example right mm -hmm. it's not going to knock the whole idris out what it's going to do is it's going to knock out the components that are within a certain area of the explosion. I think yeah. is is sort of the route that they're going with that. It's one of those things that we need to wait and see for it to come in and for them to flesh out the EMP stuff more. But I know that a lot of people were asking about EMP missiles as a thing. Uh, and so that's, this is basically just them confirming that, yes, they're still a thing and they are coming with some ships as a default. So think about this. You have EMP missiles. You have... Uh, your EMP on a Raven or a, a, a Saber or a, a, a Saber Raven, a uh, uh, war, what is it called? Warlock. And mm -hmm. then all of your weapons are Joker sucker punches. You're just a disabling machine. You do no damage, but you just disable everything, yeah. uh, which could be interesting. Um, ship customization is still being evaluated as they're still receiving feedback and seeing what the community likes and dislikes. Um, yeah, so if you haven't given feedback on that yet, I highly suggest you do as they are still looking at that. Um, one of the things that I will continue to say is I would like way more color options. Give me a color wheel instead of these pre-made color skins. Um, I think that that's the best route going forward uh, when it comes to the skins at least. Uh, they talked briefly about the vanguards as well, saying uh, the battle upgrade kits are no longer a thing. Uh, the mm -hmm. components will be swappable between the different vanguards. This includes the vanguard nose turrets uh, being interchangeable, but only between other vanguards. Same with the the uh, module on the back is going to be changeable within other va vanguards. Um, they also wanted to have the turret retract uh, into the, the ship, but ran out of time, according to John Crew. So, so they're still going to be a thing. I just... I think it's still going to be a thing going forward. I just think that they ran out of time for this implementation okay. of them right now. Okay. So interesting there. I'm not sure how many people have a Vanguard. If you own a Vanguard, do me a favor and just let me know in the comments below um, what Vanguard and, and what Vanguard uh, variant you have. And if you are a fan of this news or are sad that uh, battle upgrade kits are no longer a thing. I think I own a Vanguard. I have to check. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, ground vehicles, nothing new or in tech development at the moment. Ships right now are a priority, is what they said, okay. uh, which makes sense. But I also think that they need to, um, as a whole, I think they need way more ground vehicles than they currently have, especially with the amount of ground coverage we have in mm -hmm. with moons and planets already, let alone coming in the future. 
Right. I just think that ground vehicles need to be a reaction to something, right? It's yeah. Oh, there need there needs to be a reason. Uh, yeah. For that, and I think bringing in the hover modes and all of this other stuff is starting to give it more of a reason. Mm-hmm. Um, but it definitely needs once you have weather in, once you have uh, more turrets and and anti air defense and stuff like that, then it's going to start to make a lot more sense. They also spoke about components and heat mechanics. Uh, this is going to be affecting different ships, not just based on your components and cooling, but based on the hull. So even if your two ships share the same components, they're not going to overheat in the same way which is interesting it makes sense right if you have a ship that's small and everything's sort of crammed in there as opposed to a ship that has everything more spaced out the thing that's more spaced out Mm -hmm. should be able to cool off a little easier yeah heat density right yeah exactly so different manufacturers will also have different components based on their manufacturers so drake is going to go with a certain they're going to have their contracts with different companies origin will with theirs anvil etc um so I thought does, that was kind of interesting. Does that, I mean, I, I was under the impression that like all size two shield generators will be compatible across all brand types. Yes, is that, that is, that true? is, that is also okay. a thing, okay. but they're just so saying as, as default, okay. Drake is yeah. going to come with, uh, I'm going to make up a, a brand here. We'll call it corkscrew brand. Drake mm-hmm. comes with corkscrew brand all the time. But uh, I'm just looking at random shit on my desk and picking stuff. And then Origin always works with the gamepad coolers, right? But you can (laughs) switch them out. But I'm just saying as a default when you buy them, that's that's how they want to do it, which makes sense. sense. Mm -hmm. Um, Cooler overclocking in the future is going to be nullifying heat effects. So, or, or sorry, cooler overclocking nullifying heat effects may not continue in the future. So right now when you overclock your cooler, it is able to cool more, right? would make sense. But in the future, they don't like that. And so they're not going to be doing that. So they won't like. be able to overclock your cooler? I don't or... know if you can or mm-hmm. or what is going to go on with that. I think the answer to that is yes. Just don't allow overclocking in yeah. the cooler. Makes sense. Um, which would be the best way to, I think, to move forward on that. Because what would what else would you get out of it to overclock it? You, Yeah. It wouldn't make I mean, any you could just say it's a limitation of it. It's like you can put more energy through it, but like it's not going to cool any faster. It's not going to do anything else. Yeah. So yeah. why put more energy into it then? Yeah. Why yep. waste the energy? Um, they're also discussing the internally the possibility of making size one weapons gimbaled. Um, I personally am a fan of this. And I'm going to explain why I'm a fan with this. Most starter ships are coming with a size one weapon, um, mm-hmm. which is not gimbaled. Uh, so you're making people who are brand new to the game. Come in, and, and this is purely from a gameplay perspective, and this is why I'm a fan of it. You're you're coming uh uh cybonics, really? Okay, I will uh I will look into that and see what's going on with that right now. Well, not right now, but after the podcast. Right. Uh, in the meantime, just use the question link exclamation one question in chat. Um so for me, is- having a new player have access to gimbals right away is kind of important. Mm-hmm. Especially like having having to force a new player to use fixed weapons sucks. Yeah, but what does that do to like size two, right? Because isn't it like you can have a size two fixed or a size one gimbaled? And yeah, but there's like no such thing be- as a size one gimbaled. So this is what you do is you say now your size one and is fixed or gimbaled. And right, but then size two size two is pointless now. Right. 
Well, no, yeah, it kind of it kind of does throw a monkey wrench into the rest of it. Moving up, yeah, I get that. Um, but just put. Listen, you can either have that size one gimbal on there, right, or you can put a size two on it fixed, and that's sort of it. Um, I I overall though for the gameplay reasons, I I like the idea of making the the size ones gimbaled. Um, Yeah, sure. Right, you, like it's bad enough. You got to fly around in Aurora, man. No, I I think you there know? needs to be some way to like give that gimbal functionality to to the players. Whatever, yeah, but yeah, but yeah, how it affects balancing, I guess I don't know. Yeah, and then the balancing sort of goes out of whack, and they have to sort of go back and figure that out again. That's one of those things that maybe they couldn't have seen ahead of time, um, without getting feedback from players and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But I I do think that is is valuable feedback, and it is uh, valid as well. Then, last but not least, they talked about the A90 jump. Uh, they said this ship is going to fix in XL hangers. So that, to me, sounds like it's not going to be a docking ship. It's going to be a hangar ship. Um, so some of the other capital ships that are going to be docking. And I don't think we've seen any sort of docking ports on the exterior of the A90 jump anyways. Well, they said the 890 will land in the biggest hangars on Arcor and Orville. Right. right. Yeah. So I don't think they're going to be docking with places like the Idris will, for example. Well, I don't think they'll be docking this when it comes out in three six patch, obviously, because docking no. is not in. Well, I don't think <laughs> yeah. it's it's going to be docking ever. But it sounds like most truck stops and most space stations don't support pads or hangers big enough for it. So I wouldn't. I think that like, I don't know if it has docking I can, collars or whatever. But, but I with, with think that the thing with truck sense. stops and space stations though is you you have. The 85Xs in it specifically for so the ship floats there and then you fly into the station with your 85X. Right, but it's a luxury yacht where you should supposedly have a reasonable amount of like clients or cruisers. I don't know who's right. Well, ship. they they also moving forward they they it, it has had a size increase, which is the reason why it wasn't included in 3.6 and it's coming in 3.6X, and that's to uh, support two 85Xs instead of just the one yeah. ship. So. Yeah, uh, and maybe I think that's yeah, why maybe, they're doing that. Yeah, and maybe truck stops in the future, bigger ones will have bigger pads or bigger hangers or something. Right. Um, but I, I still wouldn't be surprised. We haven't seen it. I wouldn't be surprised if it does have a docking collar on it. But even, yeah, who knows? We'll have to wait and see, I guess. Yep. Uh, also, they said their components is only going to be changeable at shipyards, and I imagine this is going to be a mechanic for all large ships. I'm going forward. I'm not sure uh, what size this is going to be. Um. If it's capital class or if it's a, a size below that or whatever. But I mean, it makes sense, right? It's not like, okay, when you have like those, you know, those big um, pickup or, or not pickup trucks, dump trucks that you see at mining things that the wheels are taller, as tall as a house. Yeah. It's yeah. like, you're obviously not bringing that into a normal garage and having them uh, lift the engine out, you know, like no. that's somewhere where it needs to go somewhere specific or like a better example yeah. is probably a boatyard. Right, a small oh. boat you can pull the engine off the back and work on it, or even some of the larger boats have a car-sized motor that you can pull out. But really big boats, <laughs> you're not doing that. You need to you need to dry dock it and absolutely do all this uh, other crazy a, stuff. That makes a lot of sense, and I actually like the, that they're going in that direction with it. So, and then last but not least, with the 890 jump, they said pools and hot tubs are a pain in the ass. Uh, and then I added, and don't really provide any gameplay. So why would you fucking add them? But uh, they spoke about potentially only be able to use when landed, and it brings up all kinds of different issues and all this other stuff. 
Once again, I don't even know why they added them in the first place. I think it's silly, and I think it's pandering to people who don't know what they're asking for. I mean, it's good for RP, right? I guess. I, <laughs> I don't know sure. Of that. <laughs> but the amount of things that they need to do for this RP stuff, it would be. It just makes more sense just not include it from the beginning. Yeah. In my opinion, I can see that. Um, I I think that they have a couple possible solutions for it, but it sounds like they cringed at the idea of having to simulate water in zero G. Yeah. So the, <laughs> it sounds like the solutions they're going to go for are more or less like make the water go away when gravity goes off on the ship or something. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know what they're going to do with that. I, once again, it's their own fault. They put it in there and they promise and, and do all this stuff. It's like when I remember when they first said this, we had a whole podcast discussing how is a hot tub going to work in uh, a Phoenix? Like, how does that work? Because once you, you breach the hull, then you have to simulate all the water and stuff and what happens with people going in there. And then there's like, oh, well, it could be an auto thing that comes over the top of it and blocks the water in there. Okay, well, what if somebody's sitting in it? Yeah. It chops them in half? (laughs) Okay, great safety feature. I think that they like what John Crew or somebody had mentioned that they might just suck the water out like some super fast vacuum thing. Here, I am willing to accept from a lower perspective. It does seem like a little bit of... I have an easy solution and I just thought about it right now. We already have um, these plasma shield things that we can walk through in Star Marine, uh-huh. right? And we have those in the universe as well, right? Okay. For the for the air, different, yeah, for the air. Yeah. Make a different type that's for water, and it just there holds the water there. Problem Fix. solved, fixed, <laughs> fixed, and then it can't go anywhere. And it just yep. it only holds water molecules in, nothing else. Yep. So you're able to, it still acts like water and you just, just put that, um, sort of shimmering shield except layer for, over top of it. Except for the water molecules in your body. It doesn't. Right. Stop yeah. Them. Right. Let, let's not get overly complicated here. <laughs> let's not get overly complicated. But yeah, I, I mean, honestly, I think that's going to be the best way for them to deal with that. And the most simple, um, but yeah. the, the best way to, to deal with that is not have fucking pools in a spaceship. But that ship has sailed, obviously. Yeah, well, yeah. The solution to it is going to be magic. Whatever version of magic they choose, it's going to fix it. So Right, exactly. Uh, I yeah. want to remind everybody that if you have any questions, exclamation point question in chat. Uh, apparently, our phone number is down, so I'm going to have to check that out um, after the podcast here. Uh, so, yeah, exclamation point question in chat just like this. And we will get to those questions at the end of the podcast here. Uh, last but not least, I wanted to talk about 3.6 as a whole. Um, mm-hmm. Now, you said you've been playing this, and, and before the yep. podcast, you said you've been playing this even more than some of the previous patches. What have you been doing in-game? What is the thing you've been focusing on? Uh, I mean, the thing that I love the most, and this is going to be polarizing, is hover mode. <laughs> okay. Uh, I, I, I love playing with it, right? From a mechanic, it's quite fun, and it's... Uh, yeah, some aspects of it are a little harder, but there's this aspect of immersion as well that I really enjoy. But but more than that, um, I don't. I've not experienced this with other patches, but I'm able to like park a ship in hover mode, jump out of it, get another ship, and fly over to my ship that's hovering and nudge it, and it like moves. You know what I mean? Right. Like, I can actually push my ship around with another ship. And in the past, that never happened. It was almost like a rock in space. Like, you know, it fixed. Right. And you couldn't move it. So 
that it's been a lot of fun playing around with that kind of stuff messing more with a physics simulation of that kind of stuff yeah yeah exactly yeah. It's, it's it's quite fun um and then of course crashing and blowing up and and like hitting your thrusters against rocks and having them like be damaged and misfire it looks really cool there's a lot of immersion that's been added i think to mm -hmm. 3.6 that we didn't have before specifically around how your ships fly in atmosphere and even how your characters jump like right now if you jump out right. of your ship at like reasonably high gravity you land like you're a marvel superhero on the ground and right. that's like very satisfying yeah they so. said that they did the jump v2 is in there i haven't had a chance to yeah. mess around with it uh you kind of covered my next question which is how you feel about the new hover mode um mm. but moving on from that have you had a chance to visit <laughs> the new space stations I have uh, on the outside of them. They're kind of like beautiful to look at, but you see, if you get too close to them, they fall apart a little bit at the moment. Mm -hmm. Probably because I think that they're not done yet. I think that they're V1 of these new space stations. Um, right. But I can imagine. I've even simulated. They're all in. They're all in uh, armistice zones right now. But if you actually take small fighter ships out and you like fly and chase each other around, like you're simulating yeah. a space battle, you can fly to these little nooks and crannies of them. And yeah, I was like, doing that. I crashed into it a couple times and whatever. Yeah, but it's yeah. kind of fun. It's very satisfying. Yeah, I can imagine having space battles at these things or something in the future. I'm really excited so. to see the interiors of these uh, stations that match up and allow for a little bit of exploration inside of the stations uh, and yeah. to match the exterior of them and the variation. They're, they're, they're a lot bigger than the other stations uh, exterior wise. Yeah. And I hope the interiors eventually like grow to match that. Um, one of the things I really like about them from an immersion perspective is they really do feel more plausible. Like you're right. in deep space, like in an uh, Lagrange point or whatever. And these new stations from the exterior feel more like floating miniature cities and right. with like almost like they'd have kids in schools in them or something. Obviously, I think kids in this game, but I, I might be the only one who's still because I, I maybe there's one that's out there still, but mm -hmm. that hasn't retained the old version. I kind of like like I didn't mind the old version. It just got really tiring because they all looked the same. But yeah. I, I would have thought that they would have kept one or two of them. For variety. Yeah, for variety. Yeah. Sake. I, I agree. I visited a few of them. And they all, even though they are different from each other, they all have a similar style. Mm -hmm. Right. And I would expect Stanton system, especially because it's got Art Core and it's got Lore like uh Hurston, which is Loreville or whatever. There's distinctly different uh groups of power i guess or whatever in the system you would expect different styles based on that but I, I don't know did have you had a chance to try the new hacking mechanic at all i haven't i really want to okay uh, i've heard good things about it but yeah um, so i have done it um and you can buy different there's different chips and they're based on different speeds or whatever now when mm -hmm. i tried it it was still had had some issues and and no matter what chip you use it still took 15 minutes to hack something mm -hmm. um but then it also puts out a mission saying hey somebody's hacking the station go stop them and i ended up getting shot in the back by a player really i was, yeah, I wasn't paying cool. attention which was really cool i really liked it um i think that the time needs to be reduced a lot um yeah. and i think that the the price of them should probably come down a little bit but that's all just balance whatever issues overall i really like the feature and now i like the fact that i can go and turn off comrades now before yeah. going into somewhere and no like for example I know I need to go into Security Post Korea to go hack my crime stat. I also know that other people are going to be coming there to prevent me from doing that. So yeah. if I bring my crime stat down to one and then kill somebody, it brings it back up. In 3.5, you couldn't, they removed the disabling of comrades. You just couldn't do it without a mission, which I thought was really silly. Um, yeah. But now you're able to just 
disable Calmarais whenever you want. You just need the equipment to do it. I really like that. Um, yeah. Me yeah. Too. I, I really like the, I really hate the route that they've been going with a lot of things with, which is you have to get a mission to do said thing. Right. There's just a lot of things you should just be able to be do able to just do. Like yeah. yeah. Just let me acquire the things to do this and just let me do it on my own. Yeah, absolutely. Um, although I'm, I was super surprised you can't get the hacking chips at Grimhex, or you can. Sorry, they're at, uh, they're by Rudo. I don't think, I don't know if you can get them at Levski or not, but you can buy them at Art Corp, at uh, <laughs> and uh, yeah, which is at the Cubby Blast. There, it's like that. Okay, really hey, doesn't. Hack? Here yeah, you go. here you go. Yeah, <laughs> didn't really make a lot of sense to me. No, not um, at all. I, I do worry about the trolley aspect of it, though. It's like because the law system. It's not perfect, right? Because you can no. force somebody to become a criminal. And I know this happened to me. Yeah, there's going to be I, some I, growing pains for that, for sure. Yeah. I didn't play a lot in 2.6, but I, I do remember, like, somebody would ram me or something. I would become a criminal, and then I would wake up at Grim Hex, and Grim Hex was this lawless zone, and then I would just get murdered over and over again. I'm like, no, don't kill me, <laughs> right? Uh, and that was just whatever. People were bored, and that's what they did for fun, I guess, <laughs> is hunt noobs. And... um. And so this kind of creates that that loop, that gameplay loop again, potentially, where you could force somebody into a criminal status and then kind of hunt them as they try to get out of it over and over again. Right. But we'll see. I, I think it'll be fun overall, but it's got some room to abuse. Yeah. No, it, uh, it it's definitely interesting because, yeah, the law system is going to have growing pains for sure, no matter what. Mm -hmm. Like they talked about one of the things of what happens if somebody hovers over you. And if it's based on the initial contact and you, and they just make it so you can't take off. Yeah. Right. Like how does that work? Um, that seems like an easy fix though, from like a, if you're in like a, a an airport, a spaceport area, right? right? Cause it's like if you're hovering in one spot, you yourself are probably breaking a law of. Yeah. Well, it's the uh, same as parking in a spot that's not for you. Right. Exactly, so it should right? be, it should apply the same thing in a cylinder above it to a certain height. Yeah. But if you're out in the rural area of Podunk, who knows where parked on like a random patch of dirt and there's somebody hovering right over you, then I have no idea. Like, yeah, <laughs> it becomes an issue, right? Yep. So who yep. knows? Um, and then my last question is, have you experienced a new misfire system? Um, I think so. Like, I don't, I've seen the visual effects of like my engines like deteriorating. Right. Well, we've I had that for a while. I think the misfire system for the weapons. This is what I think oh, of. Oh, then no, I haven't. Yeah, I haven't either. Um, I don't do a lot of combat at the moment, so uh, that's not yeah. something I've seen. Also, one of the things that uh, I'm really looking forward to in 3.6 that we haven't seen is the uh, FPS weapon components, more specifically the sights. Right. The scope's the only thing they're adding right now. Yeah. And, and I don't know if they've resolved this already, but back in like 3.3, or I can't remember when, but like some of the sniper rifles came out. Uh, the, um, the scalpel, I think, or something. And I, I remember playing around with it and trying to shoot things at a distance, and I couldn't hit the target. And so then I just pulled out my pistol, and I shot my pistol at the target, and I hit it. Like, yeah. it was, like, weird, but I could hit things that distance with a pistol much more yep. easily with, than I could with a sniper. Then you're the sniper, right. Yeah, and I'm wondering, if they have to fix the range gameplay before uh, scopes really become effective. I don't know. Yeah, Maybe it's fixed now. I Maybe. Know. But we'll have to see. It is something I'm looking forward to. One of the reasons yeah. I use the P4AR so prominently is because I like the ghost sight on it. Mm -hmm. um, and that's why I don't use things like the shotgun or whatever, because the sight is kind of garbage. Yeah. Um, 
so yeah, it will be interesting to see and and see what kind of sites we get there. That's it for um basically any news and information that we have on Star Citizen this week. We it's gonna be kind of slow uh, for Star Citizen for the next couple weeks because of this. Um, although we will still have three point six updates and uh, right. uh, Star Citizen Live. I think you also wanted to talk about a little bit about the um, before we jump into questions here the the Citizen Con event. Oh right, I mean I don't. I was just curious about a couple of things. Like, did they ever announce? How what many the waves size or number of waves they're going to have for the ticket sale? No. So they said that there will be more waves, but they've only said, from my knowledge, uh, they've only announced the one wave. The okay. one wave with four micro waves in it, I guess, <laughs> is how they do it uh, with four yeah. four parts to it. Yeah. I mean, if they're saying that there's like a wave one, you kind of assume at least a wave two or a wave three, right? But like, right. I only asked because I was looking at the... They definitely the, said there will be more waves in the future. This isn't your only time to buy tickets. Right, exactly. And I was looking at the conference center uh, and I mean, I, I don't know. So the first wave sold 500 tickets and the, the main auditorium at the Manchester something, I can't remember the name of the conference center. They're having right. it, it only holds like 804 people. So I was like kind of curious if like there was a limiting factor there. But I then wonder, again, they have this like they have a hall there that's like, like not an auditorium with seats. Right. So theoretically, you could put seats, I guess, and do a presentation, and that hall can hold like two thousand people. So I don't know if they're planning on having it there or somewhere else. But if it's that auditorium, eight hundred yeah. seat, seats. I think more I more clarification on how many tickets they're gonna sell as a whole would be nice. But I yeah. think it also at the same time they are waiting and seeing how many they're gonna sell before they know what one they're gonna go with. Sure, is what it sounds sense. like, right? So if they only sell so many, then they'll book the smaller hall, which would be yeah. less expensive if it's going to be more people and it makes sense and they'll go to that other one. So I think that's what they're yeah. trying to figure out uh, based well, on how quickly things sell and, and whatever. Considering they sold 500 tickets each round for like 10 seconds, it took to probably sell. Well, the first round couple now. rounds went before they even went live on the page. Yeah, I think the first round went before they went live because mm -hmm. of some Reddit post or something. Yeah, because they're so, like, in the extras section. Yeah, which I didn't see. And I, I failed the first round. And I picked up a ticket on the second round. Yeah. The first round was just like impossible, obviously, unless you saw the Reddit post, I think. Yeah. And then that answered my, my question if you're going to be going or not. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I'm planning on it. I mean, I bought my ticket. Um, So we'll see. Things right up. happen between now and then. Right and you, on. Right you're on. not going? Or? Uh, as of right now, I'm not going. No. Okay. Um, yep. It just, I would rather put that money into other things at this point in time. It would sure. be nice to go if something does change and allows me to go. Um, it would be nice to go because I do like a large portion of my audience is mm -hmm. from the morning and in European time. Um, yeah. and it would be nice. Like the whole thing for citizen cons for me, like last year, I didn't even see any of the panels. I was just meeting with people the whole time. Yeah. Right. So I, cause it's like, I'm going to be able to watch the panels better online anyways. So yeah. who cares for me? It's more about uh, meeting people. I know that's most people. That's not the case, but for me, that's that's the reason I would go and and it's a little expensive and a little out of my budget at the moment. Same, yeah. I think like when it comes to just pure content, you'll get a better experience online. Um, like obviously I went last year, but I lived in Austin at the time, so it wasn't particularly out of my way. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but um, but yeah, I think that like you go for the people. I, I think the main event where they do the main like talk is pretty cool to see in person, to be honest. But like the side panels and stuff, I think right. it's easy to get that online. Probably. It, higher quality so Are you, okay yeah that's pretty much yeah. it 
Uh, okay, let's go into questions. Our first question is from Chompster. He says, in regards to ammunition magazines, what do you think the chances CIG might eventually make it so you can individually load bullets into a magazine similar to the DayZ standalone, for example? You talked about this, I think, on one of your streams a yep. little bit ago. I think the idea of like loading like incendiaries or something as the last few rounds or... Was that you? I yes, thought, that was me. That okay. was me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I personally don't have as much FPS experience in that regard, so I don't have an opinion too much. I, mm -hmm. I feel like it's like a lot of work probably to do that, but I could see the benefit. I'm assuming you have a strong opinion. Yeah, about it, so I feel that with the amount of work that they're putting into everything else, that this is something that's already been done and seems to be fairly easily done because there are a few games that do it already um, and should be something that they add in. Uh, I like the idea of seeing that because then... You, you know, you're not always looking at your HUD or, or whatever when you're shooting something. And to see those, um, you know, those uh, tracer rounds or, or whatever at the end. Okay, I know I have five tracer rounds at the end. I'm shooting these. I got to reload. And yeah. it's just, it just, yeah. And and just other reasons too, right? If they do other different types of rounds right. in the future, right it would be now, nice to be able to mix when those you reload. Yeah, right now when you reload, it's not actually loading new clips, though. They'd have to change that entire mechanic. Because like, right now, if you have 15 rounds left in your like clip and you reload, it just it reloads. It could, no, no. So, no, no. So, you're wrong, actually. Am I wrong? Yeah. So, oh, okay. how, how it works right now is it does reload a whole new magazine. And it stores oh. that old magazine. And then okay. once you've, you've burned through, like, say, you reload. And each magazine has two to five rounds in it left. Uh -huh. Then when you, it'll say you have 30 rounds in your thing. But when you reload, it only has three. Then it only has oh, four. Then it, yeah, so it does do it that way. So I wouldn't be surprised okay. if they do it like that already. Um, I, just, I guess I haven't done enough FPS combat to realize that. <laughs> yes. Uh, Chomster says, how do you think replenishing ammo from personal weapons will eventually work? Will we keep empty magazines and have to fill them ourselves or at a shop? Or do they disappear or and we just buy complete like the ones we do now? Um. So I like the idea of how Escape from Tarkov does it. There's two different types of reloads. There's a fast reload and a normal reload. Normal reload is gives you time to put your uh, magazine back in your holster and you keep it, right? And then you would just maybe uh, get... It would be cheaper just to buy the ammunition, not the magazine, right? Because right now when you go to buy ammunition for your weapons, you're buying the magazine and ammunition. It would be nice if they separated those two out once again, if they went to different ammo types and stuff. And then if you did a fast re reload, it just drops it on the floor. So somebody else could come and pick it up or you can go and pick it up later or whatever, but it just drops to the floor. You put the new one in and you don't keep it. And obviously when it's a life and death situation, you want the fast reload. That's the downside to it. You just drop it on the ground and you put the new one in instead of fumbling and putting it, putting it back away. Um, but who knows what CIG is going to do. I do know that, that that is a system that Escape from Tarkov uses, and I really like that system. Um, Handsome Devil says, what do you think they have left for server-side OCS? Any insight? Well, we did get a, a thing on the monthly report. I don't know if you read the monthly reports or not, but in the monthly report, they said that the, all of their internal testing, testing for the uh, server-side OCS is complete, uh, which is a huge thing. It doesn't mean it's coming in right now, but it does mean that it's coming out quite soon. And I think it's one of those things that they weren't comfortable putting on the roadmap. Um, yeah. But also, we don't know what that means. Like server side test, like OCS testing complete. Is that like bare, bare minimum? Like yeah, we yeah. That's testing? the other thing too. We don't know, but we do know that they are now. It's like more official that they are specifically working on that. 
which is nice. It's is yeah. it was just nice to hear that they're working on that. Um, what do they have left for it? Impl- they have to implement it. That's the whole thing of it, right? Yeah. So yep. implement it and then fix any of the bugs that come with it. So there's a lot to do, I think, still moving forward. Yeah. But I think they've overcome some. Uh, and they don't have that on the roadmap right now. And they don't think they're planning on putting it on the roadmap, right? OCS, surface head OCS, as far as a deliverable. But yes. there are like things that are required, obviously, for service side OCS to be in, more specifically, uh, microtech, right? So right. I was I would assume they're planning on having it done by three eight or something. So uh Animosh says, Will you spawn all the ships and try them blow them all up at once, creating the world's largest explosion? <laughs> no. no. I mean, yeah, no. <laughs> troll no. question gets I mean, troll we- answer. Yep. Yeah. Uh, Notorious DYD says, "Are you disappointed in the implementation of hacking? It seems like CIG dropped uh, half thought through the system, and it's hard to conceive that someone thought of that. Staring at the screen for five to ten minutes while clicking continue every minute is fun, even for tier zero. This is a really bad mechanic. I see it progressing into like a mini game that you play on that little yeah. thing to do. And if that's not what their plan is, then they should definitely make that their plan. Because I agree, staring at it for ten minutes is bad." Yep. Um, they should make I, I it that, some sort of challenge as well. That that, right? I I in my opinion, and I don't know why it hasn't been necessarily focused on or prioritized a little bit mm-hmm. more. But I kind of feel like the hacking game and getting rid of your criminal status is a placeholder, because what they really want to work on is the law system, and the hacking is required just to like just to get that know, going. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Right. But I could, I, it, the thing is, is they could have easily made it something like one of those slidey puzzles, you know, where you have yeah. like a bunch of images that you got to put together and one block is empty and you got to move it around in a certain time. Or like one of those pipe things where you got to right. put in the different pipes or a little Tetris game or whatever. Or something where if you're like better at hacking than somebody right. else, you can hack faster. You can do it way faster. Die. And, but it's based on real life mechanics. It's not based on a soft skill. Right. Right. But also it would mean that you can't defend yourself, right? You're hacking, so you need somebody right. to protect you. But that's the whole point. You shouldn't be able to defend yeah. yourself while hacking anyways. Yep. And this is coming from someone who wants to do a lot of like gameplay. You, yeah. Like me getting shot in the back. I mean, that should happen. Yeah. If you don't have someone watching you. Yep. Um, but yeah, I don't think that is necessarily a bad mechanic. I just don't think it's fully implemented at the moment. Uh, yeah. Cybonics says, when do you think CIG will stabilize their servers? A lot of the issues we're having playing the game in the f- current form is server-side related, disconnects and desync, etc. Uh, when they have that stuff done. Yeah, I think that they've mentioned <laughs> several times before that they, I don't, I can't remember where I heard this, but that they've maxed out the capability of like the hardware. Yes. Like, they're running some of the largest servers you can get with the most, like, like most. But memory, the, they need know, like to be able to CPU. offload all that stuff onto other servers as well simultaneously, yeah. and they don't have that tech done yet. That's why everybody's yeah. excited for server-side OCS. They're getting it done as soon as they can do it. That's yeah. why. It's not a matter yeah. of they're holding it back and they're, <laughs> we're going to make everybody play like this. No, they fucking hate that shit too. They're working on getting it done as soon as possible. Yeah, exactly. I think that the, right now that the size of the map and all the objects you have to track with 50 people on it is just maxing out the servers. And once you can basically do the same amount of work with two servers, then life is good, right? So Right. Uh, Hell's Havoc says, with capital ships needed to go to a shipyard for component replacements, what do you think will become of the Crucible repair shop or ship that was shown able to replace uh, parts on cap ships like the Idris using multiple Crucibles? 
do you think they will still allow that functionality for the crucible i think that they're still going to allow the replacement of certain types of components on capital ships with crucibles. That's a hunch from my side. Mm -hmm. I think that when it comes to the main core, like the main power plant or the certain main systems, you'll have to go to dry docks for, but if you're repairing the hull or turrets or like, I don't know like yeah. what else, I bet the crucible will be able to do that. Kind yeah. Of I think like weapons and stuff like that. Sure. Like mounting new weapons and whatever would be something a crucible could do out in the field. But other than that, probably not anything internal. I don't think so. Obviously, right? If if you have to access the the uh, components on the internal of a large capital ship, how does a crucible get in there? That doesn't yeah. that doesn't it just it doesn't make any sense. But the external stuff it makes sense, right? So if you're maybe your shield generator and your weapons are on the outside, and maybe so that's all it can it can replace. Uh, and I could see that being what they're doing with that. We'll we'll have to wait and see though. Crucible mm -hmm. is a long ways out still. Yeah. And then our last question here is from Moose Triple Six, and he says, "What is the worst new bug you have encountered in 3.6 PTU, and how would you rate your overall 3.6 PTU experience compared to earlier patches?" Well, it is a PTU, and all PTUs are the same in general as they are a PTU, and things are going to be broken and whatever. So I don't really hold them in any sort of high regard, especially when relating to another patch that has been live. For example, it's just not fair. So, Absolutely. um, in yeah, I, I mean, to be honest though, like, yeah, we've had like a few issues with this 3.6, um, patches, uh, in PTU, but historically they've gotten better uh, every quarter with having better and better patches. So I, I mean, I don't know. I, again, this PTU is just supposed to, it, they're not, they're not promising to release something bug free to begin with, but right. Yeah. Uh, and then what would you say is your worst bug that you've encountered? I mean, obviously, like the the, the five, a crash every five minutes is is pretty hard. It's to pretty deal bad, with, right? So, yeah, um, that's happened in previous patches in the past as well, though. So, uh, it's yeah. I would have everyone, to say the same thing. The thirty Ks and everything sort of making a resurgence is the worst one. Yeah, because uh, everything Absolutely. else sort of can be mitigated. Yeah, in one way to or be another. Honest, a lot of the other types of bugs are usually fun. Like you know what I mean? They're like yeah, like oh, I fell through the elevator. Let's go explore this. Place. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. Unless I die. <laughs> Yeah. Um, but yeah. So. so that is going to be it for our questions today. Thank you so much uh, to the few for Thank joining me for today. Me. Yeah. Uh, once again, where can people find you and what are you up to in the next little bit here? Um, I'm probably going to stream a little bit later today um, and playing Star Citizen, of course. Uh, but in general, they can find me on twitch.tv slash the few. I stream weeknights uh, Pacific time in the U.S and uh on saturday mornings pacific time in the u.s so look forward to seeing you there right on uh and you can find me on twitch.tv slash source and on twitter.com slash source. we'll be doing a lot of more star citizen this week as well as some daisy uh myself and texas skulls are currently working on a whole mod list and everything to make a potential new server for that so keep your eyes open for that we've been doing daisy streams at nighttime i'm gonna send you guys over to detox for some love Go check them out at twitch.tv slash detox underscore TV. And uh, when check, you guys go over there, spam some of those emotes. All right, guys. Thank you so much. And I will see you next week. Bye-bye.